Okay, good morning. I think this is working now. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. Thank you for tuning in and being here today. It's Sam. And if you did not already know, I'm here with fellow author Larry Paris to talk about reading, writing, publishing, and Sam. More. Oops, I'm getting some audio feedback. Know, Hold on, I'm just a moment. With fellow author Larry Paris to talk about reading, writing, publishing, and more. Oops, I'm getting some audio feedback. Hold on, just a moment. Author Larry Paris to talk about reading, writing, publishing, and more. Okay, sorry, technical difficulties. Okay, are you still there, Larry? I'm still here. Great. Okay. Um. Yeah, I had, I had my window open in another window. Okay, let's try again. Um, thank you for being here today. Once again, I'm here with Larry. Hello, Larry. Thanks for being here. Good evening or afternoon. <laughs> We've actually been trying to schedule this for a while. We and you had some things going on and 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 just um, other other things weren't available for a while. I think we've been trying since like what November or something. So we finally got, finally got it, got it scheduled. Now I mean. It's Friday the thirteenth, so hope nothing goes wrong. <laughs> it's still possible. Um, if that audio feedback at the beginning was the worst thing that happens, then I'd say we're in good shape. Um, but yeah, finally got it scheduled, and I'm glad to have Larry here. Larry has written, I think, I think a couple of novels, mostly in the fantasy genre. Is that right? I have uh, two books out in the fantasy genre. Yes. I'll have to tell us about those in just a minute. Um, but and I'm very grateful that Larry has graciously agreed to be with, you, with us here today and answer some of our questions. Um, so I have some questions prepared as always, but let's also make this an interactive discussion. If you're watching this today, if you're a fan, a reader, an aspiring author, whatever, um, then post your questions in the chat about reading, writing, publishing, fantasy fandom, or any of those topics because we want to hear from you too. And I'll be honest, um, I'm having these interviews and such because um, Larry and people like him are doing what I'm trying to do. Like I, I'm on my journey to publishing, so are many of us. Um, and they're, you know, at least, at least a little bit further on the journey. They've already done it and are in the throes of it now. And I think it's helpful for us to learn from them. So if you're on that journey with us or still trying to learn, still trying to benefit from others in the writing community, then by all means, be here, listen in, ask your questions, and we'll have a good talk. Okay, so yeah, I'm like an interactive. But okay, Larry, um, thanks again for being here today. and. To start us off, for anyone who's not familiar, can you give us an overview of your major works? Um, tell us about your books. Tell us, you know, what they're, they're called, what they're about, that kind of thing, and just general overview for someone who has never read them before. I have two books out. Um, they're uh, a series of eight books. Okay. The first one is The Darkened Land. Darkened Land. And the second one is The Bastioners. Uh, okay. I'm working on the third one now. What's the third one going to be called? Uh, the series is called The Seven Towers. What's the third one going to be called? Okay. Okay. And the third one, third book will be, do you have a title for it yet? Uh, no title, no. Okay. So two out of eight. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about later about what's coming down the road. But um, what's the, the, the premise? Can you give us the the breakdown of, I guess, your your elevator pitch or your marketing summary kind of thing? Well, the, uh, the first book is about a young man named Laplaniel who lives in a land of complete darkness. Okay. And one day he sees light and he follows it and finds out that it comes from stones. 
he finds out where the, the stones are and uh, goes to get one. He's guided by a man named Kesniel and protected by another man named uh, Thelius. But there are creatures that do not like the light and do not like people who have the stones. Sure. So um, he's attacked right off, saved by a woodsman named Ewald, who ends up going on the journey with him. And in the process, they have um, um, caused the, the creatures of darkness to come against the city where the stones are. Okay. So it sounds like it's kind of a fantasy quest motif. I mean, you know, he, he tries to, um, you know, he, he's looking for something, finds some allies, goes on his way. Yes. Dark forces trying to stop him. You said that the land he lives in is like complete darkness. So like everyone there was basically blind, has never seen light before. Uh, it's it's not like they're blind, but there's um, nothing gives any light. Everything functions just like normal. For instance, okay. a fire would have um, heat. You put a coffee pot on, it works just like it does here, but there's no light from it. Interesting. Okay, and and then when he, he finds the light, that changes everything. Right. It, it, it's like someone someone who's never seen light before. It's like, well, what is it? You know, they have no concept for it. I'm thinking of like, um, just for example, in in the Giver when he discovers colors for the first time, like that, like that's it's, it's something like that. Okay, that's cool. Um, okay, so yeah, it's so definitely in the fantasy genre. I, I guess there's like magic and supernatural elements too. Is that right? Um, or kind of, kind of like that? Not, not so much magic. Um, there are supernatural elements. Okay. The king is the one who has the stones. And the light. Yes. He, um, his land is separated from Laclanio's land by a big chasm. And he has created a bridge across the chasm, okay. so that people can come across and get the stones. But when they do, they enter his service. They don't understand that this is all his world, and that one of his governors has um, rebelled against him, and that's what's caused the darkness and the division. Okay, okay, makes sense. And I'm I'm getting a a sense of the story now. Okay. Um, I want to ask you, how did you get interested in fantasy in the first place? What are your some of your favorite books or some of your favorite movies or stories or anything that do fantasy really well? Um, I actually love uh, fantasy and sci-fi. So do I. Thank you. Great combo. I have uh, watched a lot of sci-fi movies and read sci-fi and fantasy. Uh, basically, I started writing in uh, college okay. I was taking, taking Greek and I read uh, Pilgrim's Progress okay. and I thought it would be interesting to write a story like Pilgrim's Progress but that um, wasn't as overtly allegorical something okay. that, a story that people could read without delving into the, the allegory and symbolism so all the names in my book um, 
come from different languages and they have meanings which are in the back of the book and how to pronounce the names like Lexlanium. Um, so if you want to, you can just read it as a straight story or you can go to the back of the book, get the meanings and see what's what's going on. Okay. Would you say it's like um, kind, of, kind of functions on a, on a Narnia level? Like, like there's a story, but then there's a, there's a deeper meaning or maybe more Lord of the Rings, just to use a common example, um, I don't know. Well, both both uh, Lord of the Rings and Narnia have uh, have symbolism in them. True, definitely true. And uh, my my works have been compared to uh, the Chronicles of Narnia and to Lord of the Rings. There so uh, there, there's definite similarities there, although my allegory is a bit different than than either Lewis sure. or Tolkien. Sure. I know those the, the, those are kind of the big go-tos, but it's still high praise to be compared to those. And um, yes, very, and very high praise. <laughs> yeah, I know Tolkien um, said up and down his book wasn't an allegory. We can talk about that at a different time. But um, there's at least yeah, even if it's not a direct allegory, there's symbolism when one can one can interpret. And you know, there's 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 at least some symbols maybe some allegorical elements if not a complete allegory anyway um that's cool um you mentioned fantasy and sci-fi just I'm, I'm just curious what are some of your favorites i mean other other than ones we've mentioned already any that you got into when you were young that you know kind of inspired you to be a writer i mean you mentioned Pilgrim progress uh i don't know that it inspired me to be a writer so much but uh one of the first sci-fi movies that really grabbed my attention was forbidden planet I love Forbidden Planet. Not familiar. Uh, it's a late 50s sci-fi, yeah. but it was so well done, it it would work very well today. If if you're watching it, you would not uh, not think of it as some hokey 50s sci-fi. Okay. I'll just check it out. I, I'm, 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 I'm a little um, uncultured on things before my era, but I, I, would, I would be interested in checking it out. Sure. Okay. Great. Uh, yeah. Disney actually did the uh, all of the uh, special effects for, for Forbidden Planet, so it uh, it's high quality. Okay. For for late fifties, it was cutting edge, I guess. Uh, as far as sci-fi books, um, Isaac Asimov, uh, I Robot, Foundation trilogy. Um, oh. Robert uh, Silverberg has an anthology of short stories that he edited by various sci-fi writers. That was a, a influence on me as well. I read that when I was in uh, high school. Okay. And um, of course, I've, I've read like Arthur C. Clarke. I'm not that into him, but I mean, he didn't influence me that much. But, uh, Again, if, if you're going to be into classic sci-fi, I mean, Clark and Asimov are top names. I mean, whether they're your personal preference or not, you got to acknowledge that they're some of the greats or some of the, the big ones. Right. Yeah. Just, like, just like Tolkien is for fantasy and such. That's cool. Did any of these like consciously influence your writing or, or, or more so just they were kind of in, in the background that made you want to tell stories? Uh they were they were pretty much in the background sure. you know 
times. Okay. I actually started um, a story that was similar to the darkened land. Like I say, when I was in college, that was 1975. Um, and I had about a hundred pages on that. And it's somewhat the basis for the darkened land, but there's, there's nothing in it that's in the darkened land. So it's different. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Something you said gave me an idea. I just want to take a quick tangent, but you said you wrote kind of a maybe a prototype version of this story when you were in college. And um, when was the Dark Land published? Dark Land was published in 2018. So uh, like four years ago. Yes. And between 1975 and 2018, that's like 40. I'm gonna do the math. Like like 40 years. So yes. A little over 40 years. Yeah. I started the second one in the nineties. Okay. So it's been the, the darkened land has been in the works for twenty-five years. That's awesome. And you've uh, persevered. You, I, you, I, yeah. For for inspiration for people who are writing books, don't give up on it because right. uh, uh, I wrote like thirty thousand words, and that was over just a few years and then didn't pick it up again until 2017. Okay, uh, yeah. And, and published it in 2018. That's kind of the point I wanted to get at um, when, when you were just saying the timelines. I mean, I know a lot of us think like we have to make it by a certain age, you know, um, uh, I, you know I'm, I'm, I was hoping to be finished with my novel by now and here I am, I'm, I'm almost 32. I mean, I know, I know that's young compared to a lot of people, but but some of us who are younger think like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm past past a certain age, but no, I wanna, I wanna encourage myself and encourage everyone out there. Like, like lots of your favorite artists and writers did not, did not get their star or their, you know, big break or whatever until right. later in life. Cause it's, it's about playing the long game. It's about perseverance and, and um, all those things. And, and I listened to some, you know, marketing business gurus and they say things like, like you know, you you still have like years of life, decades of life ahead of you. You, you, you don't even know about it. Um, like, like, like at least at least to people of a, of a certain age. And then and so so I guess the point is, your life hasn't begun yet, and and you still need to persevere and do your thing. So that's that's kind of what I was taking from that. Is that is that would you say that's right? Yes. Um, you know, the life happens. So like right now, I've. Uh, I started the third book back in uh, November, okay. and I've got about three thousand words on it so far because my dad died. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff, a lot of life that has happened and the, here and there. Yeah. Can't, uh, can't so, pay for that. Yeah. So you know, if that happens, just set it aside and come back to it. That's the thing always come back and when you're writing try to write something every day that's good write something every day I'll, I'll take that to heart i um yeah i mean this isn't about me but i my main story i'm working on i wrote the first draft over over 10 years ago it was like 2010 2011 put out a hasty self-published copy in 2012 did nothing with it for a while because life was busy and i was teaching and in school and stuff then I picked it up again in 2017. I've been trying to revise and work on it and make it good since then. So like, it's been 
it's been over 10 years for me and I'm still not, I mean, I wasn't working on it actively that whole time, but I'm, I'm still on my journey. I'm, I still haven't arrived yet either. So, so yeah, and I'm still picking it up again and going back to the work and working on it. Um, and and day, hopefully, hopefully each week I'm trying to, but yeah. Yeah, writing, writing is a process too. I mean, you, um, um, my book was published in 2018, but that was the first edition. The second edition, which is more or less the final form, came out in 2019. Okay. Because I was totally, totally new to writing and, and uh, editing and publishing, and I made a lot of mistakes. Sure. Sure, we all do. And yeah, it's, I mean, no one's first draft is amazing, generally speaking. So that's, that's part of why we need perseverance and they, you know, they say play the long game and things like that. Right. So no, that's, that's important. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for the, the encouragement there. Um, yeah, okay. So we talked about influences on your writing and such. Um, oh, this is, this is a, I guess back to the other topic. I, I was just gonna ask you, what are you reading right now? Anything interesting that you're reading that's that's caught your attention? The last few years, I have had real difficulty getting into anything. Um, I've got a couple of books that I've started, and I'd really like to to finish reading them, but uh, uh, I haven't I haven't read anything in months. Is that Part of that is the life that happened that stopped sure. the writing also stopped the reading, you know. I was, I was gonna ask if that was just because just of time management or just because you because you, you haven't found anything that interests you, but is it more so a timing issue you think? Uh, yeah, oh. it's, it's timing. Um, yeah. I have plenty of time on my hands. It's just getting back to it, you know. Sure, well, and I mean, they, they, they do say you want to be reading stuff and read what's in your genre, but I mean, when you're focusing right. on writing and you're, you're, you know, you're creating instead of consuming, it's, it's good to do a little bit, a little bit of both, but I'd say if you're focusing on writing, that's, that's, and that's where you want to be um, when you, when you do a free time. So that's good. Um, so like, how do you find, the, this kind of segues into my next question. How do you find the, find the time to write? I mean, I mean, do you, do you work during the day? Do you, do you have, you know, I mean, I'm sure you have other things to occupy you. How do you find you know, the time? I'm, uh, I'm disabled and retired. Okay, I wasn't sure. So I have plenty of time on my hands. Um, I do have uh, other things that that uh, interfere, you know, cleaning the house. Yeah. All those things that everybody has to do, they get in the way of the writing, but uh, there's, there's plenty of time for me you know, compared to other people. Are you someone who has like a set schedule? Like you have to write in the mornings or the evenings you do your best work or is it just kind of whenever inspiration strikes you? Um, it really doesn't matter the time of day. Okay. Um, usually I don't write in the evenings, but that's flexible too. Sure. Uh, normally when I'm starting a story, it's difficult to get moving. That's, okay. that's one of the hardest parts of, of writing for me. It's not that I don't know the story or what's going to happen, but getting it rolling is slow. Once I'm into the story, then it starts to pick up, and I do a couple of thousand words a day, sometimes more. Uh, and uh, 
I, I really get into the story. Sure. So basically, it sounds like um, starting off a new story is, is tough for you. There's an element of writer's block, I guess. We all have, we all have some of that. But um, once you get into it, you're doing better, or you you are more consistent, maybe. Yes. Um, it, it's getting the story moving, uh, the different threads, getting the different threads of the story started. Once they're all moving, then uh, you move from one section to the other, you know, um, you've got one character that's over here doing something and another character that's over there doing something. And so you're switching back and forth. And I don't know, that seems to, to help me keep, uh, keep things rolling. Okay, that's good. I was gonna say some people can find that, find that distracting when you have multiple perspective characters and you're switching back and forth. But for you, it's like, that, that's where the action is, is, is different things happening from different perspectives. Is that, is that right? Yes. It, uh, it's kind my, of writing, my writing is like, it's like I'm watching a movie. And okay. uh, meanwhile, back at the ranch, somebody else is doing something else. So, you know, it, it just flows from one scene to another. That's good. Once you get into that flow, that's what helps you. That's what, that's what, that's what you need. Okay. So I, I, I asked that question about time management um, or about finding time because like I've asked people before, what's the hardest part of writing? And everyone, almost everyone, the first thing they say is find, find the time. Now you may, again, like you mentioned, you may have more time than some people, but still it's a discipline. It's, a, it's still a challenge. Um, but beyond that, like beyond just finding the time or just motivating yourself, I guess when, when it gets down to like the craft of writing or editing, um, what would you say is a struggle for you or the hardest part or just um, maybe one, one of your biggest issues with uh, the, the hardest part is um, beyond getting started is marketing. That's I fair. do yeah. not market well. <laughs> I had some questions about marketing a little later on and we, I mean, we can segue into that. But um, what's what's been hard about that for you? Um, just finding something that works. Um, I've, I've done virtual book tours and uh, that worked pretty well. But um, emails and blogs and uh, a lot of that it just hasn't generated any interest from anybody. Okay, and that's also, I mean, that's also playing the long game. They say like you have to. I mean, I'm 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 on that on, on that journey too, so I haven't arrived yet. But they say you have to put out your content and you know be consistent with it, and and people will come eventually. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, most of the time you 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 don't you don't don't be following following overnight. You know that that takes time too. Right. Are you uh, um self published? Yes, I am. Okay. So not so you, so you don't have any yeah. There's, there's no publisher or anything that will help you market. Well, even these days, a traditional publisher I think wants you to do at least some of the marketing yourself. Um, it's just you know it's it, if it ever was and gone gone are the days where you just turn your book to someone and they sell it for you basically. I mean, right. if you're a huge huge name maybe, but um, rarer and rarer these days. So. I get it. It's a it's a journey that a lot of us are still on and uh, and still still moving toward. Yes, it, the publishing has changed greatly since uh, I started in '75. Sure, 
Sure. I mean, everything has. Uh, back then, I was uh, uh, writing manus handwritten manuscripts and, and using a typewriter. Wow. And uh, now it's it's computers and word processors, so it's uh, vastly different. You said, uh, let's come back to, you said you wrote your first, um, or I guess not, maybe not the same story, but an older version of this story in like 75, did you say it was about a hundred pages or something like that? Yeah, I had about a hundred pages done. That was typewriter pages or handwritten? Handwritten. That's 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 impressive. Not, not many people do that these days, but I guess that's when you had to. Um, I, um, when, when I was in like eighth grade, I mean, we had, you know, we had computers, but um, my, you know, my, my parents had rules about how much I could be on the computer and I wasn't allowed to be there on there all day. And anyway, um, I hand wrote a story because that was, that was what I had, you know, with, with limited computer access. And um, I hand wrote about a hundred, 130 pages. I mean, it wasn't any good. And, you know, once, once you transfer that to, to like Microsoft Word, it's a lot shorter than that. But um, I felt good at the time, you know, for do doing all that by hand, it's impressive. Yes, it's, uh, I, I just got a spiral notebook, you know, like sure. you, yeah, college and I just started writing. But it shows that, that you're dedicated. I mean, I mean, you can also be dedicated on a, on a computer, but I mean, just put, uh, putting that amount of time into something um, that you know, time into, into effort show, shows that you have patience and you're in it for the long haul and you have the dedication to see something through. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So yeah, marketing is a struggle we're all on and just um, getting started. Um, what do, do you think is your biggest strength in writing and or what is one thing that your stories do really well? Uh, the symbolism is, is really good and my world building is uh, pretty good. There are other people that do world building. I mean, you look at Token and he's got, oh, yeah. you know, that's he's like, just uh, he's like the gold awesome standard. thing. Yeah, but, uh, my world building's pretty good. Um, okay. The uh, characterizations are are reasonable, and uh, the uh, they're I've been told that they're believable. You know, good. That's what you want. Not, yeah. Uh, uh, they're people with foibles. That yeah. Yeah. Know, even in fantasy worlds and extraordinary circumstances, you want real people, you know, realistic yes. that we are going to connect to. I, um, a couple of times ago, I guess maybe it was a couple months ago now, in one of these talks, I, I, I brought on my wife, who's also a writer, and um, she and we, 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 we talked, about, talked about world building because um, I'm not much of, much of a world builder, but she um, she is. She has more of that info than I do. I mean, I mean my story is like set in the real world. I mean, it's it's like a, I mean, it's a superhero story. So it's like, it was like any urban city in America, but uh, I, I didn't create a whole fantasy world for it. But um, you know, creating your own world is like, that's that, that that alone is a big is a big process. You have to figure out how things work. You have to figure out you know um, just geography, and um, I have a hard time visualizing that in my mind, um, at least in any consistent, conclusive way. Um, and then just figure out the rules of the supernatural or whatever. It's, it's, it's a lot that goes into it. Do you there have is. a problem? Okay, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just, I was agreeing with you. 
yeah. there's a lot that goes into yeah. it yes does it, do, you, do you have a process for world building or for character creation or does it just kind of come to you anything it, you can tell us about that just uh kind of comes to me and then uh, uh of course you have to once you have the basic idea then you have to think about how things work yeah it's like uh, in the darkened land, my son asked me, well, what about the sun? How do the plants grow? <laughs> um, but it's the, the sun is still there. Everything works just like it does. Uh, it forced me, that question forced me to think about it. Sure. And um, it's, it's really that the stones reveal things for the people. That are already there. Yeah, they, they're there. I mean, the fire gives light, but the people can't see it. Okay. Not without a stone. If they have a stone, then they can see the fire. Okay. Okay. Is it like, and maybe, maybe, maybe this is a spoiler. I don't know. Is, is it like, like a, is it like a supernatural curse or something that's just like magically the whole land has been darkened or? Um, yeah, it's, it's because of the. You can't tell us, it's okay, but. It, it, it's because of the uh, uh, the battle between the the evil governor that rebelled and the king. Okay. And because this land is is uh, under the evil governor's uh, rule, his name is Chiron. That'll make it easier. It's, uh, it's under Chiron's rule, so everything is is darkened. He he tries to stop people from seeing light that's why all these creatures of his hate the light makes sense okay yeah sounds interesting it's a, a premise we never think about i mean we we take light for granted and we just never think about you know, what, what i mean almost almost boggles your mind to think about what would that be like what, what would it, you know what would it be like to live there interesting it's it's really interesting because they're the very first when Laclaniel, he's on this trail and that's when he starts seeing things. He sees the light, you know, and everything is gray. He doesn't even see colors at this point. It's uh, it's not that much light, but he can see shapes of things. He sees trees, rocks on the ground. And as he moves forward and gets closer to the man who's actually carrying the stone that gives the light, he begins to see colors. And that's just, a whole nother dimension altogether. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Going back to, um, I'd asked you about your process and and um, things like that. Like, um, are you someone who plans things out? Uh, we, we, we kind of talk about plotters versus pantsters, i.e. you either plot or you go by the season to your pants. Do you have a strategy there? I'm pretty much a pantser. I, okay. I know where the story is going in the end. And I know the beginning, but uh, there's no real uh, plotting to it. Uh, the middle is what gets you. Yes, it's uh, it, it's open to twists and turns. Sure. And uh, characters that show up that I had no clue were going to show up. There's uh, uh, just a lot, a lot of things that happen in between. Yeah, makes sense. That's a little bit how I am. I mean. I I, I do plot a little more than that, but like I, I have like a beginning scene in mind, and I have an ending scene in mind, 
and I'm like, I know, I know I need to get it, need to get it there. Just how, how do I get it there? And then, then and then all, all my all my middle scenes are kind of jumbled through my through my head, and I'm like, I need to figure out how these all work together. And that's why I plot things. But yeah, it's I do like a high level outline, not every every detail. But um, no, that's good. Yeah, I, I mean, if you can figure out along the way and have some surprises for you, I mean, if you're surprised, hopefully the reader will be surprised too, and and it'll keep you know keep up interested that way. Okay, that's cool. Um, what's one writing or editing tip you can offer that most people don't know or most people overlook? Oh, um, spend the money. That's that's the tip that I would say. Spend the money. On um, on what? I am I, I'm like I say disabled. I'm on Social Security. Okay. Very limited income. But uh, but you're chasing your dreams. I spent the money for the cover. Okay. That's that's one of the big things. You need to spend the money on the cover because that's what grabs people's attention. Yeah. And um, spend the money on an editor. That's what I was saying. I, I published it in 2018, but mm -hmm. then the second edition came out in 2019. That's because I realized after I had published it, you know, this thing needs an editor. Yeah. So I've been uh, there. If you don't have the money to, to, I mean, an editor can cost quite a bit. Yeah. Good, good one that's on a budget. But most editors will work with you. Mine, I would send her a thousand words and a hundred dollars. Wow. And, and she would edit that, send it back to me. And then I'd send her another whenever I had another hundred dollars. How many, um, how many words is your book to ask? Um, ninety thousand roughly. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, that's, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot. Of, a lot of money over time. Nine, yes. nine, nine, nine thousand. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not saying that's no. unreasonable. I just I've looked at prices for editors, and it's it's in that range. And I'm like, I don't have yeah. that money to spend right now. Yeah. So I'm I haven't figured out a solution to that. I but, did you know. I did say that wrong. It's like a hundred dollars for ten thousand words, not a thousand. <laughs> But still, yeah, I was like, that, that doesn't seem a lot, but but still, like ten thousand words, you know. If, 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 okay, if your book is ninety thousand words, that's what nine hundred dollars. Yes. Um, which you know is, is no small chunk of change um, for most of us, and unless you're independently wealthy already, but I don't think I don't think most of us are in that boat. So um, yeah, I've I've wanted to do that. I haven't <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Um, I'm, I've I mean I'm I'm, I'm I am a, I am a I am a professional editor in my day job. I, I work for a nonprofit as an editor, but and I I mean so there is self editing and there is beta reading, but sure. um, you know you don't, I mean even self editing you don't catch everything. And a beta reader is helpful, but usually isn't as thorough as a professional excuse me as a professional editor. So no, that's 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 important. I would like that uh, that I would say. And I, I don't have an answer for this, but getting sure. reviewers is very hard. Okay. So for all, the, for all those readers out there, if you buy a book and you bought it on Amazon, go to Amazon and put a review on it, even if it's just a few words. That's good. That's good. And it really helps the authors out, doesn't it? It's, it's like somebody said, it's like uh, tipping the waiter, you know, you're yeah. in a restaurant and and he's serving all this good food to you. 
and you tip it. Well, a review is a tip for an author. Mm -hmm. Helps more people find you and helps get uh, more. I have a website, LarryParisBooks.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can go to my store there and find books and uh, a couple of other pieces of merchandise. I'm trying to build that, but you know, it's slow. Sure. Uh, or you can find me on Amazon. Um, it's also available with Barnes and Noble and uh, available through uh, Books to Read. Okay. Um, I have a link for that that uh, is on my Facebook page. Okay. Larry Parrish Books on, on Facebook. Okay, good deal. Yeah, I was going to ask. Also, also have a fan page for uh, for the books um, on Facebook for for discussion, but nobody showed up yet. <laughs> is that the? Um, I know you have Larry Paris books, which is for you as an author. It's yes. like it's not, it's not your personal account. Um, what, what do you mean? What do you mean a fan page in addition to that? Um, it's just a a, a page. Of, like a, like a group? Okay. Yeah, it's yeah a, a group on Facebook um, to just discuss the book, you know, different aspects of it or whatever the symbolism and stuff. But like I say, nobody showed up there yet. So. <laughs> it's hard to keep putting out new stuff. I mean, I, mean, I, I struggle with that with my story, which isn't even finished. Or, I mean, I've got a full draft, but I'm, I'm like, I want people to discuss it, but like, it's you know who's read it and who's gonna, who's going to read it, and I guess that's why I'm, that's why I started putting out other content for writers in general. But yeah, it's 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 tricky. It's you know you, I, I was very spoiled when I started writing in in '75. I had a friend um, that I was letting read it as I wrote it, and uh, she was like, "And next, you know, come on, let's keep writing here." Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, so it, it's very nice if you can have somebody like that that just uh, is really into what you're writing. Yeah. But they're really hard to find. We've had a community group. I mean, I mean you're, you're part of my writer, of our writers and QA group on yes. Facebook. That's how I found you. So, so I mean, an online community helps too. Um, we've also had it in the past. We've had an active in-person community. We we don't, we don't really anymore because we've moved away and. The community kind of fell apart and we've tried to start it again but hasn't got off the ground right yet really but yeah um it's it, you know it's it's hard but worthwhile when you can find people who are invested in your story like that right yeah and i know it's you know again like like, like, a, lot, like a lot of things it doesn't happen overnight it's still a journey for many of us you know you, you, even those of us who have who are published and and, and such i mean you know you're, you're still trying to get out there too you're still on the journey and you know i know we all, we all want to feel like we've arrived maybe maybe we just don't arrive but just keep yeah. moving and keep 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 climbing and keep trying trying harder and maybe that's right. maybe that's the lesson from today yes the lesson okay well we've, we've touched on some of this already i was going to ask you about, about your, your publishing process and things like that um you, you said you did self-published I guess, how did you know which path was, was best for you? Did you ever try traditional publishing or want to, or did you just kind of go self-publish from, from the beginning? The only attempt I really made was I wrote a short story uh, and it wasn't really, you know, 
for a, a publisher as far as a book, but I sent it to a, a sci-fi magazine back in the 70s. And uh, okay. of course that was, that was rejected too. Um, I didn't, uh, I, I just don't really have, have a really good uh, feel for traditional publishing. It's so hard to break into it. Uh, and they want so much from you. They take your rights for the book, and uh, it's it's just never been something that I wanted to pursue. It seems like I, I, I mean I'm not I, I haven't I haven't done it successfully yet either. So I so I um, I'm not speaking from from complete personal experience, but it, it seems like it's harder to get into these days than it used to be. Whereas self-publishing is easier and easier for a lot of people. Yes, I mean I mean. Yeah, you have to do your own marketing and self-promotion, which is a struggle, but it's but anyone can do it in theory. Right. Okay. That's cool. Would you recommend that? Like like, like recommend self-publishing for new upcoming aspiring writers? Uh, yes, I, I really would. Um, I really enjoy the, the publishing process, the, the writing and editing and the whole smear. Um, if you get yourself a good editor, and I've just stumbled, God was really good to me. He gave me a, a good person for the uh, cover right off, and he gave me a good editor right off. So uh, you get somebody like that that uh, really enjoys editing your book. That's uh, that's something special too. Yeah, it's helpful. Um, How do you find your your editor? Did you, um, did you have to ask around or did you just know someone? Um, I found her in one of the Facebook author groups that I was in. Okay, yeah. I know that's a great place to connect. I mean, I've, I've found good people on groups like that. My beta reader, editor, one of them was, was from, from a Facebook group too. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, social media has changed the landscape of a lot of things. It makes it, easier to connect and easier to get yourself out there, except that you're also competing with everyone else. So, yeah. so and, and you have to make yourself worthwhile to and, and well, there's, there's, a, there's a point on that too, where competing, you don't really compete with the other people. You, you need to find your niche. Right, that's true. Where, um, you know, the, you, you have the um, key words on Amazon is like um, Christian allegorical epic fantasy. You know, yeah. I'm pretty niched there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, these days there's an audience for almost everything. I mean, there, there's there's someone out there for almost anything. I mean, I mean, um, you know, like like, yeah. I mean, my book is is a prose novel about superheroes, but it's also character driven. I call it a superhero drama novel. And that's not everyone's thing, and it's not going to be everyone's thing, and that's okay. You have to market to the people who, who it's going to be your thing, um, who, who are into that, and find your audience, and and like sell, if you will, to them. I've done. Right. Um, I am by no means, I'm, I'm by no means an expert in marketing, but I've I've been trying to learn. I, I've been listening to marketing podcasts and stuff for the past couple of years, so I've been trying to pick up tips here and there. So I'm a, I can at least in theory tell you what to do. It's putting it in practice is, is harder, but I know they right. say, yeah, find your and audience, I, find your niche. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would say uh, while you're finding your niche, don't, uh, 
don't restrict yourself too much. It's like, so I'm Christian allegorical epic fantasy. Well, that doesn't mean that uh, people have to like allegory in order to read my book. I've tried mm -hmm. to make it broad where it's, it's a fantasy. If you like fantasy, you'll like my book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, there's, there's always some categories, but it's, it's just tricky to find, you know, you want to be, you want to appeal to everyone, but not everyone. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had an answer for you. I mean, I mean, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where there's, there's no formula for doing it right. You just have to kind of try it and find what works for you. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that advice. Um, and that, yeah, your experience is there. Um, I know we've, we've touched on this already. I was going to ask you things about what you've done for self-promotion or engaging the audience. I know, again, marketing is a journey we're all still on. You said you've done some book tours or virtual book tours? Um, I haven't gone to anybody else's uh, bookstore, just, you know, Amazon. Did you say uh, earlier book, book tours? I, I, I can't remember what you said. Uh, books to read. Okay. Um, which is, which is a, a really neat place. It's um, it's draft to digital for authors, books to read for um, for readers. Uh, the draft to digital part for the authors um, is a good place when you're you're finishing up and you've got to do formatting and you know it it they um, they have tools that you can use to to format and such. Sure. And I thought you said something earlier about virtual book tour. Maybe not. I, I have a bookstore on my website. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. Um, have you done, um, so like, like, have you had to uh, do anything with ads or just tried to build an audience? I mean, I know you've, I know you're yes, on that. Uh, I did Amazon ads and, uh, right that that uh, seemed to do a little bit uh, same sort of thing it, it that's a learning process in itself sure and um, it's also it's just one of those things that requires money <laughs> that's true even, even been... though it's a small amount of money uh, sometimes that's difficult to come up with has it been worth spending the money in your experience though like like has it has it produced results for you when you've spent the money was that uh, not really but i you know like i say i was in a learning process there right. i would probably do better at it now than i did back then okay and, yeah i'm open to trying it again at some point sure i've done that with facebook ads and i mean i i i know there's like metrics and analytics if you're really into marketing and i again i've not gotten that much into it yet i know there's um i've spent some money on facebook ads before and um have gotten you know some results but it's it's not always consistent and if you want to be if you want to be more consistent you have to spend more money so right that's that's the trick of it there and in order to do that you have to usually have income or have money to spend so right so, there we go but but like you said spend the money i mean if if it's your dream and, and if you're trying to get out to people then that's what you gotta do right right okay and you know it, it if you were with a traditional publisher, you would have things like radio ads and, you know, yeah. so, and that 
that's where it would be really expensive. So yeah, I'd yeah. like to do that, but just not in the budget. Again, I mean, traditional publishers, they might have some avenues for you. I, I, I know most of them these days, they, they, they don't expect, like, they, they do expect you to do some of your own marketing. They, they don't just take your book up for you and, and, and be like, well, we'll do all the ads for ourselves there. I mean, I mean, they might have more resources they can help you with. Um, right. And then they probably do some for you, but it's it's not as much. Um, or I mean, it's, it's still not everything. Maybe not as much as it used to be or as much as we hoped, we, we once hoped. Um, I mean, again, there's that. Um, I, 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 read, I, read, I read this in a book somewhere, but there's, there's that old, I guess, stereotype of like, just send your book to someone, to a publisher, they'll send you a check and publish it and take it from there and you never have to worry about it again. If that ever was true in, in the past, it's not true anymore. Right. Um, it's just, yeah. Do things that, that get your name in front of people and, and the name of your book in front of people. Yep. Um, one of the things I'm trying right now is I've, I've uh, made a bookmark and I'm trying to uh, place that in libraries and That's cool. different different places, you know, so that it's free. People can just pick up the bookmark and yeah. it's got my my uh, website on it, you know, and uh, the, the covers of the books. So they can go to Amazon, look it up, or they can go to my website and, and pick it up. But uh, that's a good idea. I, I have not um, I have not thought of that yet. I have not done that. I'll have to try it out one of these times. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I imagine it's not not free, but inexpensive to make a bookmark. Hmm. Well, it was, um, you know, I went to an online printer. Um, sure. I, I, went to, I went to Vistaprint, I think, to design the bookmark. And then um, it was like, I went to, a, I actually went to a different printer. To print it, it was like fifty dollars for a thousand, or maybe yeah. seventy-five dollars for a thousand. That's, so, that's not bad. That's cool. Okay, a lot of us can do that. I think that's, that's a good idea. I'll have to take that one. One of these days, when I when I was in the cell, yeah. Okay. Well, I know you've. Uh, mentioned, sorry, go ahead. A lot. A lot of the online printers have uh, um, ways to design merchandise you know you can yeah i've got a couple of shirts on my website that uh um i designed you know you just basically one of them is just the uh, cover of the book put in the front of the shirt of a t-shirt you That's know cool. so yeah. and that that too is a marketing tool you know if oh, people cool. buy the shirt then hey everybody's looking at the cover of my book there you go that's awesome did you use an online printer for the book itself? Like when you self-published? Um, I went through KDP to publish. Okay. So. Oh yeah, through, through, through Amazon, okay. Yeah. yeah, great, okay. Easy, easy, easier than ever to do. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, that's, that's I mean, that's the way to go these days, or they, they, so they say, I mean, again, because it's one of the most common and possibly most possibly easiest ways to go so yes it is very easy so i know you've mentioned this or you've touched on this already but i was going to ask what do you have in the works currently or for the future i know you're working on your third book right right um, um yeah the the um, series is is my primary thing right now but uh 
I do have uh, a dystopian end times um, series that I want to start. I've actually got probably two or three chapters done on it, but it's on the back burner. I've got an anthology of short stories I want to do. Is that also uh, like fantasy sci-fi stories? What's that? Are they also like fantasy sci-fi stories? Um, yeah, it's. I, I'm not sure exactly what category I would put the the short stories in. They all have a common theme. Okay. Um, so it uh, it comes back basically to one character who is moving from story to story that he's um, initiating in in like almost like you would be in a library and he goes from one book to another. For sure. Okay, that's cool. So he, oh. he's the link between the various stories in the anthology. That's cool. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know. You're still in process, so like, like I guess I have release dates, but any target dates for finishing book three or any of these? Oh, I have I have no idea. Um, okay. The the book I'm on now, maybe it may be out next year sometime. You can't uh, rush art. It depends on how much life happens between here and there. I mean, obviously, there's bigger things like your dad die that obviously messes messes you up and 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 throws a wrench or two in your life for at least a time, if not a longer time. But yeah, you you, you can't control things like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like I said, you know, getting started. It's I'm in the beginning of this one. I actually have two of the books that I've started and this story was moving better. So I moved it from being the fourth book to being the third. And, okay. um, but once I get going with it, um, it, it, it will make time for itself because I want to know what happens. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like when, once you're into it, you're like, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can't stop now. There's, there's yeah. Um, just, just quickly, you mentioned like it was going to be the fourth book, but now it's now it's the third. It, it, like a, is your story like like fluid enough that you can change it around like that? Like, like yes. Um, are, these, are these like different? You know, it's it's kind of like uh, a Star Trek. Uh, okay. They had so many different writers writing the original Star Trek that uh, you find a lot of discrepancies between various. Uh, uh, episodes. Um, so I, I like to keep it, you know, I'm working on this one. That way I don't mess up. I can go back and see what happened in previous ones. But, um, you know, so I, I don't really want to work on more than one story in the series at a time. But yeah. this one, the story was beginning to, to come together. And uh, so I, I've moved it from fourth place to third place. And right. So the stories are mostly like, like it's not like they have to be read in order or, or told in order, or, or, but, but they're, they're, they're like self-contained maybe? Yes, the stories are self-contained, no. uh, but it's a lot better if you read them in order. Sure, but good to know for a potential reader. I mean, yeah, I'm still probably probably start with 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 the darkened land, but if they if they wanted to jump into anyone, they they could, I guess. 
Yeah, um, like the Bassners, which is the second book, it uh, it has all the characters basically. Well, there there are two or three that are off on their own. They're in the third and fourth book, but the characters from the first book are in the second one. So it's helpful if you read the first book to understand the characters and what's going on, sure. uh, because I don't spend time reestablishing the character. You assume or you hope the reader is already familiar. Yes. Makes, makes perfect sense. Okay, well, we've covered a lot of ground today. You've shared a lot with us. I think our time is nearing an end. So tell us again, tell everyone again, um, where we can find you online. Like I know you mentioned something earlier, but like which, which social media accounts are you most active on and where, what's the best place to buy your books, things like that? Um, I, I am only on Facebook at this point. Okay. Um, Larry Paris Books. Larry Paris Books. Yes. And my website is LarryParisBooks.com. Easy to remember. And, and also on Amazon, right? Also on Amazon, just uh, look up Larry Paris as the author or look up The Darkened Land or The Bastards and you'll find it. So the Amazon, Barnes Noble, all that stuff? Yes. Great. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, we've, we've heard a lot today and, you know, we've I, th I think my big takeaway at least was um, just the thing about, about, as I say, playing the long game and, and um, you know, being patient because, uh, and, and being willing to put in the work over years, sometimes over decades, because that's, that's, that's how it goes. And, and you know, some of us don't, don't put out our first book at, at 30 or even 40, some, you know, so some of us, you know, it, it can be a while, but you're, it's, you're chasing your dream. Right. So that's, that's that's a good encouragement. So thank you for sharing that. Well, everything you shared today. Anything else you want to say for the people at home watching, listening? Um, check me out. <laughs> yeah. um, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Larry. Um, thanks for being here today and for answering our questions and and just sharing some of your experience and insight with us. So everyone watching at home, um, thank you for being here and listening as well and supporting us and supporting me and Larry in that endeavor. Um, like my page, Samuel N. Harris for future discussions and content for writers, or you can sign up for my mailing list at the link there that's in the event page. Um, when you sign up, you'll get a free sample of my novel, Fractured Heroes, a few of my favorite scenes that I think you'll enjoy. And make sure you go check out Larry's work too, The Darkened Land and The Bassiners at LarryParisBooks.com or Amazon or wherever you buy books, right? Yes. Okay, well, thank you so much, Larry, for being here today. Um, thank you all for watching. Everyone, keep writing, keep doing your thing, and have a great weekend. We'll see you thank later. You. Okay, bye. Bye.